Why is it that we don't reach out for help when we know we need it? In previous episodes, we talked about where you can get help and support as you walk through the difficult journey of grief. But knowing what to do is far different than doing what you know. The power of change occurs in the action, not in the intention. So what can happen if you're feeling stuck or hopeless and you don't reach out for help? Well, your journey can be so much harder and slower, and the possibility of staying stuck and hopeless is very real. Severe isolation can lead to depression, anxiety, and social anxiety, where it becomes harder and harder to get out and be around others. Don't stay stuck because you don't want to bother your family or friends. The greater disservice to those who care about you is not sharing it with them. Hey friend, welcome to the Grief to Great Day podcast. Do you feel like you're going crazy? Is the shower the only place for you to really cry? Are you surrounded by people, but you still feel all alone? Do you want to be the you you were before your loved one died, but you have no idea how to get there? I'm Steph Cabanis, Southern by choice, wife, turtle triathlete, Jesus follower and fellow traveler in the journey of grief. I too struggled to breathe, questioned God and my faith, and thought I would never be happy again. But God took my brokenness and he turned it into a breakthrough. So if you're ready to understand how to navigate grief, lean into your faith and take just one step towards healing, then bring your ugly cry, get into a comfortable place, even if that's your bed right now, and let the healing begin. Girl, there's hope for your future. Come on in the house and join me on that couch. We'll start with our verse for the week because sometimes I get into the content and I forget to go back and it it really is probably the most important part of the whole episode. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, Present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus Christ. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true and whatever is noble, whatever is right or pure, whatever is lovely and admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice and the God of peace will be with you. That's Philippians 4, 6 through 9. So today we're going to talk about feeling like a burden, and because of that, not reaching out for help. I covered the different avenues of help, including family and friends, or family, (laughs) coaching, groups, counseling, but knowing what to do is so different than doing what you know. Many times our good intentions, the thoughts of doing the right thing, they're not going to be enough because change comes from the action. So why is it that we don't reach out for help when we know we need it? All right, y'all, I'm going to get a little bit personal here (laughs) and I'm going to relate this story back to grief and seeking help. But years ago, I had gone to the strawberry fields and I had bought fresh strawberries I stopped off at the hospital 
because I had a friend who was in the hospital for back surgery. I delivered fresh strawberries to her and then I was heading home. I passed the Walgreens and I'm thinking to myself, I should probably stop and use the bathroom, but no, just a few more minutes and I'll get home. So I keep going. That becomes important by the way. So I'm driving down the road and this lady pulls out to kind of cross traffic. She doesn't see me. I can't stop. I hit her like a T-bone and the airbag deploys. Strawberries go everywhere. Strawberry juice goes everywhere. And the seat was wet. So it is very possible that I peed my pants. <laughs> I told you it was going to get personal. So EMS comes and, you know, I worked at the hospital and they're like, we're going to take you in on the ambulance. And, and I'm like, oh, no, because I worked there, I didn't want people to see, number one, that I had been in an accident. I knew people in the ED. And secondly, I think I wet my pants. So that's certainly not something you want to share with anybody else. So I declined <laughs> transport to the hospital. I looked at the Jeep. It was Monica's. It was wrecked. So, you know, that wrecked me. And I called Trish. <laughs> and she was working at the time. But she said she'd be on her way. And she did. She came. Yes, I did warn her that I might get her seat wet. But she let me ride in the car anyway. Before the day was over, I couldn't move my neck. And my hand was swelling. So, kindly, Trish came back, got me at the house, and took me to the doctor. So, the point to sharing that story was I was more scared of what people thought, and I didn't go to the hospital. But in the end, and quickly in my case, I still had to seek out help for my injuries. With grief, it may not be physical, but it's like an injury nonetheless. So, why aren't you seeking help? When I was going through grief, I was blessed to have people in my life that checked on me a lot. <laughs> I did have to push, though, to reach out to find the grief group and to go. And I think that was because I was totally scared to death of what was going on. I experienced physical, emotional, and spiritual changes all at one time. And I thought I was going crazy because the pain was just too much for me to put on the shelf or to compartmentalize. So I thought a grief group could help me. And I thought about it for a couple weeks before I reached out. I didn't expect it to take away the pain, but I thought it would help me at least have, I don't know, a blueprint toward the result of staying sane. In the beginning of my journey, I was introduced to this weird line between sanity and insanity. And I know that sounds dramatic, but it was tangible it was visceral and it was very real. I didn't even know it existed until that time. So any fear about asking for help, it disappeared compared to the fear of never coming out of the dark pit. Now hear what some other people have said about how reaching out feels to them. These are quotes. I don't have many to talk about it to because I don't want to seem like a burden. And another person said, I'm supposed to be the strong one in the family that the brothers and the sisters look up to for help. So I close myself off as not to burden them or add to their grief. But being strong creates a lonely place. And here's a, another one. I don't want to bring other people down. Who wants to be around me now? 
you know, feeling this way is not abnormal when you go through grief because life becomes overwhelming and decisions are hard to make. The fear of something else bad happening increases and wanting to deal with everything by yourself is often the default because it's easier to isolate and it's easier not to push. And ironically, the people who don't want to be a burden to others are usually the very same people who always help others. <laughs> so here's some of the reasons we don't ask for help and I'm going to counter them with some truth. It feels like a failure to ask for help. I should be able to do this on my own. I don't want to look weak. I'm supposed to be the strong one. Well, first of all, it is not a failure to ask for help. And who said that you're supposed to do this alone? You're not weak. You are human. And asking for help shows much strength and wisdom. You know, biblically, God put us in relationships. And even if we don't have biological families, we are sons and daughters of God. That makes us sisters and brothers with each other. Psychological research supports the fact that we are social beings. It's really neat because whatever's in the Bible, you can go to research, whatever field, and usually it backs up what's in the Bible. See, when we isolate ourselves, our mental health is impacted in a negative way. We don't want people to see us when we're not doing well. And social media hasn't helped because we only see snapshots of the best moments of other people's lives and we think it's their life. So this great comparison trap makes seeking help even harder. I want to give you some advice for when you do ask for help, because sometimes these are problems that pop up and make people say, I'd rather do it by myself. When you ask for help, know what you're asking for. Don't let other people tell you how they're going to help you because even though they're trying to be helpful, it ends up being more work for you. And it's not even what you needed help with. Two, don't feel pressured to be with them as they provide the help. Again, if there is something specific you need to have done, it might be more work to have to carry on a conversation if they're there helping. So just tell them what you need and that you won't be able to assist or you won't be there. Three, don't ask for help from people who will expect reciprocation, period. If they aren't the type of person who's going to help for the sake of helping with no expectations, you better find someone else to ask. <laughs> so look, if you are spending days with no contact with someone, then you need to seek out support through any of the ways that we talked about before. If you're staying in the bed more due to depression, then you are engaging in your life. You need to seek out support. And other signs include losing interest in personal hygiene, allowing your home to become cluttered or even hoarding, changes in your eating or activity habits, like if you see you're gaining a lot of weight or you're losing a lot of weight, or maybe you used to go for a walk and now you don't do anything, those are signs that you are too isolated. I don't want you to get to that point because what can happen is if you're feeling stuck or hopeless and you don't reach out for help, at the least, your journey will be harder and slower. But also, the possibility of staying stuck and hopeless is real. Severe isolation can lead to depression, anxiety, and social anxiety. 
where it becomes harder and harder to get out and be around anybody else. I don't want this to happen to you, but if it has, then you still have the ability to change it. You have a future. You have a purpose. You're still here. So you have things that you're called to do. Step outside your comfort zone and simply ask for help or support. I'm stressing this because I know people and have met many more who stay stuck because they don't want to bother their friends. But let me be clear that the greater disservice to those who care about you is not sharing it with them. And if what I have said hasn't made you feel any different (laughs) about reaching out for help, then just think about it this way. Think about someone you care about. All right, something specific probably has come to your mind. Focus on them and picture them and imagine that they are struggling with depression or divorce or grief. Would you want them to stay in their house or in their bed and not reach out for any help? Or would you want them to call you so you could be there? And wouldn't you go to them in a heartbeat if they did call? Why then should it be any different for you to call someone for help? If you don't think you have those people in your family or your friend group, you do have the options we talked about. You have the groups either online or in person. You have coaching and counseling. Push beyond your comfort zone and reach out for help today. And don't forget, you can join the Grief Group for Christian Women Facebook community. So you have this option of joining other like-minded women who understand what you're going through. The link is in the show notes below, or you can find it on the Grief to Great Day website. If you don't have a church home, you're always welcome to visit my church Open Door in Eastern North Carolina or online at opendoorchurch.com. In the meantime, remember who holds your future. And yes, you do have one. Keep coming back to the house, keep sitting on the couch, and keep taking those steps, however small, towards your healing. Thank you for being here today, for showing up. If this podcast has given you hope, encouragement, or helped you in any way, share it with a friend, either in a text or on your social platforms. Also, please subscribe, rate, and leave a written review on iTunes. It's a huge blessing for me to know that you're out there. Lastly, and this is important, you are not alone. Connect with me on the Grief to Great Day website, the link is below, and sign up for our free newsletters. I want to be able to pray for you by name. Remember, grief isn't something you're going to get over, but a great day is something you can get to.